So Jason Bear became Jay Bear. When, why, and how, and what has the effect been? I started Convince and Convert July 1st of 2008 as Jason Bear, which is my given name and was the name that I had created content under in the past. Primarily, I was a magazine columnist around uh, business topics. When I started Convince and Convert, literally it was just me in a bedroom by myself. And I thought I should start a blog. That's kind of when blogging was first starting to get some, some awareness. I said, I'll, let me just write a blog and maybe someone will care about that. And my first reader, God bless her, was my mom, which is useful because she's an English teacher. She had a lot of grammatical concerns. Uh, but then some other people started to read it, et cetera, and it got a little bit better known and started sending some emails to people once a week and doing a little speaking here or there. And about early 2010, I, I sort of unofficially became one of the sort of modern marketing experts, if you will, who were uh, writing a lot of blog posts and commenting on one another's blogs when that was still a thing, et cetera. And the problem was people kept getting me confused because myself, Jason Bear, and there was also Jason Falls, and, and there was a whole, there was probably six other people named Jason, all approximately the same age. You know how baby naming works in the US in cycles. So we were all named Jason. And I said, you know, my family's always called me Jay and my friends call me Jay and, and people like to say Jay Bear because it just kind of rolls off the tongue better than Jason does. So what if I just change my name to Jay? And so I did. I went through and changed all my company paperwork and changed all my blog headers and everything else. And it took a while to get everything. I have a lot of sympathy now for, for females who, who changed to a married name because it's actually a bit of a hassle. But over time, people stopped calling me Jason. And now every time I hear it, it feels very, very weird to me. It's been quite a while now, a decade or more, but it actually really worked. There, there, were, there weren't any more J's at the time. Now, Jay Akunzo is a good friend who's kind of on the circuit. But at the time, I was the only one. And so I went from being one of six and constantly confused for the other guys to one of one. So it worked out. Yeah. Well, and I also want to point out, as you were talking, I quick Googled because I'm like, wait a minute, Jason Bear sounds a lot like Jason Blair, who was a New York Times columnist who plagiarized a bunch of stuff or, oh, or just yeah. plain, right. Yes. right, just made up facts and all this stuff. And it was a huge scandal. So I applaud you for uh, distancing, whether it was conscious <laughs> yeah, or not. The, that wasn't the reason, but uh, yeah, that worked out nicely too. Well, you know, being one of one is a huge thing that personal branding is all about. You know, even if you have a common name, like my co-author of my first book, Spencer X. Smith, guess what? There are a lot of Spencer Smiths in the world, but there's only one Spencer X. Smith. And it just so happens that his middle name is Xavier. So it's, it's, he's not it's making real. anything up. Yeah, it's, not, it's not a wrestling name. It's a, it's a right, name. right. Uh, he does a little Lucha Libre on the weekend, yeah, I think. I love that. Nice. But the idea of being unique is important. And, you know, DP, I go by DP, David Paul, for reasons I think nonfiction brand podcast listeners are aware of, uh, and I won't go into it now, but that was very effective in becoming one of one. I mean, if yep. you type in Google DP and even mangle my last name, you're probably going to see some of my content involved. or my yeah. website or something. So that that's hugely important. But a big part of what makes Jay Bear unique is who Jay Bear is. And we talked last week about your interest in tequila and uh, cryptocurrency. 
you know, J coin. That's still, my brain is still <laughs> trying to wrap around that. Like, okay. So you're telling me that Anne Handley has crypto coin and, does, and, and coin. Jay Baird does and coin. Oh, oh my gosh. Well, we're in a brave new world. No, you know what I Interesting DP. You should have the guy from rally who invented creator coin on your show to talk about, uh, to talk about cryptocurrency and personal branding. Cause that's all, that's the whole idea. That'd be a terrific episode. I'll, I'll uh, be happy to make that happen. Oh yeah, 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 definitely. I would love to make that connect. That to me is the brave new world we're in. I mean, we don't have to go into NFTs, non-fungible tokens or deeply into cryptocurrency, but let's just say there are people who are using who they are, what they do and how they do it, the personal brand that they have created, the notoriety and affinity they've created over their careers. And they're taking it into an entirely different level of coolness. Like Jay Bear sells his business. Now he's going to be Jay Bear 24, 7, 365, doing whatever he wants to do, knowing that he's got a built in audience that are already attuned to maybe not everything he's about, but a pretty big piece of it. And they've made a decision to even passively affiliate with that brand. And the goal of anyone who, dare I say, wants to convince and convert is to take that passivity and turn it into an active engagement. Consequently, you're coming out with a newsletter. Why? To build your email list, but also to invite the people who might have an affinity for Jay Bear to affiliate themselves a little bit more closely. And also become a evangelistic uh, sales force for you simply by saying, Oh, Jay bear, I, I, I know someone who should sign up for your email list. And Oh, and by the way, kind of a cool story I can tell is that when you sign up, you might be able to get some J coin and all of a sudden you're the coolest kid at school, right? Absolutely. And, and I think, Anne Handley, who you mentioned a moment ago is a real good lesson there. I mean, she started her newsletter, Total Anarchy, two or three years ago. And from a cold start, you know, now she's up to, I don't know, 50, 100,000 subscribers or something. She's doing great. And it's a fantastic newsletter. And it really does show her personal and professional side, as I'm trying to do with the bare facts. And I think Ann and I are like in a couple ways. One is that we're both writers first. Right. So yes, I have a podcast and I'm a speaker and I've got a YouTube channel and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, as does Anne. But we were both writers long before we were anything else. And, and so I think when you're looking for safe harbor and it's like, all right, how do, you, how do you connect best with an audience? She and I both always fall back on, on the written world because it's, it's, it's where we're like, we have the most inherent comfort. And, and we know if we sort of just expose people to writing that that will work. And it's not as intimate and in some ways not as persuasive or powerful as podcasting. But even podcasting right now, you know, which is definitely having a moment, the most recent data, something like 28% of American consumers listen to at least one podcast a month. Well, 100% of American consumers read an email. And, and so when you just sort of think about the math side of it, I'm like, all right, I'm going to start with email and, and then I may create another podcast at some other point that's a little bit more personal. Maybe it'll be a tequila podcast. Maybe it'll be a plaid suit reviews podcast. I don't know. Or maybe it'll be a live show. I haven't done a live show in a while. We'll see. But I figure you start with a newsletter, start with what I always tell my clients, de-anonymizing your audience. When you can de-anonymize your audience, you're halfway home. The challenge with podcasts and YouTube and a lot of other things, you know, you've got an audience, but you don't know who they are. They're still anonymous to you. And so that's certainly better than no audience. But an anonymous audience is trumped by a de-anonymized audience. <laughs> 
This episode of the Nonfiction Brand Podcast is brought to you by my new book, Nonfiction Brand. Discover, craft, and communicate the completely true, completely you brand you already are, now available on Amazon.com. Jay Baer, best-selling author of Talk Triggers, said, The book is outstanding. Highly recommended. A spectacularly useful guide to personal branding that pulls off the difficult trick of being both realistic and inspirational. A must-read, regardless of where you are in your own brand-building journey. To get your copy, head on over to Amazon.com and search Nonfiction Brand. And let's get you all the credit you deserve for the completely true, completely you brand you already are. Oh, that's so smart. And one of the things I want to say, knowing Anne Hanley a little bit, she is a self-confessed introvert. I mean, mm-hmm. almost painfully so. So when you see her stuff online and her, you know, she wears colorful suits, not unlike Jay. She's got these outrageous costumes sometimes when she's on stage during presentations. That I can see she has to turn her wattage up for. Yep. yep. But her natural state is that of a writer. And I think that's so important. And anyone who's read the nonfiction brand book that I came out with knows that I refer to what Jay's talking about as a style stage. Everyone has a style stage that is perfect for them and what they do. So Jay, a former journalist, and a former journalist are definitely wizards at the written word and feel comfortable there. I'm not putting words in your mouth. You just told me that. No, that's exactly right. I think the one the one area where I feel like I'm fortunate in comparison to Anne is that I'm not an introvert. And so I don't have to wear the costume, right? I mean, I kind of do it operationally because I always wear a crazy plaid suit. But for me, that's really a strategic talk trigger more so than a, you know, put on the, you know, put on the, the cape. I'm exactly the same on stage as all. Exactly. The same. And I, I can attest to that. And that's not an accident. Yeah. You know, they always say like, just be yourself because everybody else is taken. But I also feel like if I don't, play a character on stage, they don't have to remember what that character's like. <laughs> I can just show yeah. up and do me. It's a yeah. little easier uh, to, uh, to just do me. And, and, and ultimately, especially on stage, I just had a conversation with a, a meeting planner about this today. I mean, I've been a consultant a lot longer than I've been a speaker. I've been a consultant for 30 years. I've been a speaker for 12. So every time I give a speech, it's just consulting with a microphone. It's the right. exact same thing I'd tell you if you were a client. It's just there's people watching. Right. Listeners, if you want to know exactly what Jay was talking about when he talks about his plaid suits and stuff like that, you can read about him in the nonfiction brand book on pages 122 to 127, because it was such a great story from the podcast that we did a year ago. I just had to include it in the book. And thankfully, Jay has some wonderful screenshots as well. So I was able to include a couple of those. And we won't go into it in this episode, <laughs> but the pick the plaid or whatever you call it. Dress J. Bear. Dress J. Bear. Yeah. Dress J. Bear. If you want to know what a smart, strategic, personally brand oriented person Jay is, just go to jbear.com, do some poking around, and you'll find out that he's operating on all cylinders when it comes to getting that personal brand out there. In fact, if you go to jbear.com and just page down, You'll be able to see pick J Bear and hashtag pick plaid. And trust me, go check it out, jbear.com, and do two things. Page down that homepage and look at the section called pick J Bear and hashtag pick plaid. But then also click on newsletter at the top and you'll be able to sign up for his The Bear Facts newsletter, which we talked about quite extensively in the last episode. 
definitely, definitely worth it. But I want to point back to one of the things you wrote back in the newsletter, the first issue. And again, the new issue will have dropped by the time you listen to this episode. So we'll be almost on issue three. I'll be working on issue three at that point. Yeah, undoubtedly, because you're putting them out twice a month, right? That's right. Every other Saturday. Okay. Well, this is the type of small little gems of wisdom that I think are helpful. He has a little mini story in the first issue under the title of Don't Lose This Number. And I'm going to read it aloud to you and ask Jay to comment on it. According to an e-marketer report just out, 68% of U.S. companies plan to include influencer marketing, paid or unpaid, as part of their media plan this year. That number is expected to rise to 72% in 2022. Now, I'm pointing this out because the word influencer is both potentially powerful, but also nauseating to some people. (laughs) And can you talk us through your definition of influencer, especially when it comes to personal brands and how they can work with companies or businesses or brands? I mean, we trust people more than we trust brands. We trust people more than we trust organizations. You wouldn't have seven out of 10 companies spending money on something that definitely didn't work. Consumers have all the power when it comes to their intake of messages from brands. They can unsubscribe. They can unfollow. They can install an ad blocker. They can fast forward commercials. They can get satellite radio with no commercials and on and on and on and on. I am old enough to remember a time when consumers were not in control, that they did not have the power to skip ads or marketing messages in the way they do today. So the reaction to that is instead of changing the message, you just change the messenger. So what brands, large and small, and I think that's what's interesting about this research, DP, is that Um, A lot of big brands and a lot of B2C companies were using influencer marketing. And now a lot of B2B business to business companies are using it and even small businesses. I even see it here in my own town. There's a menswear store owned by a friend of mine and they're doing a new marketing campaign and social media and the local newspaper, funny enough, that features actual customers, including myself and why I shop there and why I buy plaid suits from them, et cetera. People say influencer marketing and they think about, you know, a bikini model selling a teeth whitener. And there's certainly part of that happening for sure. But somebody's got to buy teeth whiteners too. But the reality is every single business has individuals in their orbit who will motivate somebody to buy. And you're a fool if you don't try to take advantage of that. Yeah. And there are many people who listen to this show who have influence Everybody has influence. That's the part that I think gets lost. Like everybody in the world has influence. Even if the only person you influence is your child or your spouse or your dog, you still have influence. It's just degrees of influence and among whom. So it doesn't necessarily mean TikTok and Instagram. Sometimes it does. But you know who some of the most influential people are in the world? Who? Pastors. Oh, yeah. Teachers. Nurses. Right? The, the influencers walk amongst us. And, and not what we're seeing now is businesses trying to figure out how to activate that influence in a way that, that moves merchandise. Because the old ways, let's just go buy a bunch of ads and it doesn't work anymore. Yeah. Longtime listeners of the podcast may recall Brooke Sellis when she was on talking about one of her clients, Brother International, that makes everything from printers to sewing machines. And she was talking specifically about the sewing machine influencers that, you know, they supply them product, maybe kick them some dollars. And you've got these people who, believe it or not, yes, there are people who follow quilters on Instagram. 
or cosplay artists on Instagram and Facebook, et cetera. So when they see people using the brother product and they have an affinity for the influencer and the personal brand that they've developed, why wouldn't they go, well, this is kind of tacitly endorsed by my favorite person and I want to be like them. So why wouldn't I buy that? Absolutely. Uh, as we've talked about, I'm a tequila aficionado in Somalia. There is a gentleman in Long Island. He goes by the nom de guerre Long Island Lou. And Long Island Lou is perhaps the best known tequila reviewer on the, on the internet. He's certainly amongst the top two. The tequila Ombre is also a, a big uh, tequila reviewer. And they're just two guys about our age, DP, who love tequila. And they do reviews every week on YouTube and they move a lot of tequila, right? So if a new brand comes out, there's a new brand just released recently called Wild Common, which is a fantastic tequila started by a guy who has a personal brand. He's a National Geographic photographer and professional rock climber. He said, I'm going to start a tequila brand and did. And it's a fantastic bottle of tequila. But one of the reasons or one of the ways they seeded the market was he worked with the Tequila Ombre and Long Island Lou to do reviews right when it came out, right? And so then they review it and that gets second and third sort of level tequila people like me on their radar and bomb, 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 bomb. Unfortunately, the listeners of the Nonfiction Brand Podcast can't see the back wall behind me as we record these podcast episodes, but there are a few guitars there, you know, electric guitars, guitars, acoustic guitars. I see like five as far as I can tell. There yeah, might be yeah, I've, 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 I've recently sold one or two just to keep my wife from walking out the door. <laughs> but I will say this. Don't tell Elizabeth. I've got one on order because of a guy from Wales, the UK's Wales, who I really, really love the way he plays. I'm very impressed. And he plays a certain guitar by a maker that is, is very well known. It's Yamaha, but made, you know, they make everything from pianos to what don't they make. But because Chris Buck from someplace in Wales is such a great player and I see him play that guitar on a regular basis because he does Fretworks Friday videos every single nice. Friday. It's date TV for me. Yeah, I mean, you nailed it, right? So, so Yamaha could send you an ad that says, look at this awesome guitar. And here's why it's awesome. And it's got this feature and it's got this benefit and it's got this bullet point. And you would not give a shit. But this one person who you have a personal affinity for because he has a personal brand, you'll buy anything he sells. And that's why your book is so important. And this podcast is important because everybody has influence. Yeah, exactly. And the thing is, he's not selling. He's not saying, right. I like this about this guitar. Which is, why, which is why it works. He's playing the guitar. He sounds fantastic. I want to sound even a percentage of as good as he does. And I've always wanted to try a guitar with P90 pickups. And, oh, that's kind of affordable. So, uh, Guess what? I've got a guitar on order and it's back ordered because he's selling so many guitars for Yamaha that stores can't keep them in stock. Does he have an influencer deal with them or he's just doing it because he likes it? Do we know? Uh, he is very open with when he reviews stuff and mm -hmm. this was sent to me, but I don't know if he has a deal, but he has enough of a relationship with Yamaha that at the latest NAM pre-COVID, yes. they had a custom-made model specifically for him. It's not oh, a wow. signature model yet. Yeah, but it's still pretty big. Yeah. It, yeah. I, it, a custom shop Yamaha guitar will set you back a couple of grand, maybe yeah. like three grand. And they had it for him exactly to his specifications because... Yeah, moving units. with me. 
He's a personal brand who has an audience that will pay money to sound like him, to be like him. And the whole thing is you don't have to be a music artist or a photographer or a swimsuit model. You could be whatever you are in whatever your niche is of expertise is. You could be the influencer for that need. All you got to be is, is, is consistent and know what you're giving your audience. And be honest and be completely true, completely you. You know, uh, these are some of the bumper sticker sayings I fling all over the place all the time. Be a completely true, completely you personal brand. You'll never hear me use the word authenticity because that has become such a bastardized word. It yeah. means nothing now. Right. Yeah. My, uh, my cousin, Chris, uh, my second cousin is married to Taylor Wolf and Taylor is quite the influencer. She runs a very popular blog called the daily Tay has a very large Instagram following as well. And, and Taylor's great, but you know, she is a mid thirties new mom who has a disproportionate sense of fashion, but isn't really a fashion influencer has a disproportionate sense of sort of interior design, but isn't really an interior design expert. She just writes a blog post about what she's doing every day. And she's kind of funny. She's take, you know, she's, she's done some improv work at second city and things like that. So you know, she's got real skills. I'm not, I'm not saying that she doesn't at all. She's got real skills, but it's not like she's got a PhD in interior design. She just tells people what she's doing every day. And she's making a very nice living doing that. Right. And the reason it works, the reason she's so popular is she doesn't sugarcoat it. She's just like, this is who I am and this is what happened. And here's the truth. And thanks for being along for the ride. Yeah. I tell you, there are tons of examples that you can point to at that level, but all you have to do is say, how does a, let's call her a plus sized African-American woman become an international global superstar on television so much so that she can have one name and everybody knows exactly who she is, what she does and how she does it. Oprah was able to build her personal brand in spite of every obstacle arrayed against her because her true, completely true-ness came through in a way that attract people like no other. Now, yeah. I'm not saying you have to be an Oprah to, to be able to do this, but wherever you are, you can achieve a level of affinity with other people simply by sharing what you know, how you know it and do it. I think the key word you said was consistently. It's the biggest problem. People don't have patience and they won't stick with it. Ever tell you the story about how I got started? No. How, really how started? did you get started? Jay bear. Okay. So when I started this company, July 1st, 2008, as I have mentioned, literally just me. And I was like, all right, uh, I'm going to start a blog about marketing and problem is literally nobody reads this book. and blogging was really popular then. And there's lots and lots of marketing blogs that have been around longer, big audiences. I'm like, how am I possible? Well, a couple of things. One, I decided to write a blog post every day. So I would write a blog post every day, usually at night, post it on the blog. Then in the morning, I'd get up really early because I lived in the West Coast then. So people in the East were already rolling get up early and I would read about 25 other blogs, sort of people who I wanted to be a peer, who, who had bigger blogs, more popular blogs, better blogs, whatever. And I would read what they had posted most recently. And then I would cobble together a seemingly smart or insightful comment on that blog. And I would link to my blog. And I did that 
for two or three hours a day, every day for a year and wrote hundreds of blog posts and hundreds of comments. And eventually somebody said on Twitter, it was Chris Brogan, actually, who was a marketing thought leader said, Hey, I read this blog by this guy, Jay Bear. I don't know who he is or was Jason Bear at the time. Uh, I don't know who he is, but this blog's pretty interesting. And that brought a few hundred people and then a few hundred more and boom, 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 boom. Right. Right. Most people would be like, yeah, I, I wrote 10 blog posts or I worked at it for 60 days. And then they just throw in the towel, man. It's not long enough. Yeah. Personal branding success. I actually have this on a poster somewhere. Personal branding success is about perspiration, not inspiration. Yeah. That is so true. I want to point to very quickly one thing that impressed the bejesus out of me. You said, I identified 25 bloggers in my area of excellence and expertise that I wanted to not necessarily be like or imitate, but I wanted to hang with. It's a, or like I, I will say, that's the flock I want to fly with. You yep. know, I might be right here at the ground, my current altitude, and they're flying at 20,000 feet, but I want to hang out, not with the, the ducks that fly at 5,000 feet. I want to hang out with the sandhill cranes that fly at 25,000 feet and can go over the Himalayas without a problem. And to do that, I'm not going to kiss up. I'm going to recognize them. I'm going to share with them. And I'm going to continually ping on their radar so it gets to the point where someone goes, oh, there's, oh, that's a, yeah, that's Jay. Oh, that's a good comment from Jay. Jay's been hanging out for a long time. That's a good comment. Yeah, I'm going to give him a shout out. Exactly right. Yep. And, and look, I mean, one of the most true descriptions of that effect ever is if you show me your friends, I will show you your future. And that's true in the real world. And it's true in personal branding as well right? The, the flock that you fly with is everything, especially in personal branding, because it's really, really hard to do it yourself. And you have to have a community. And I'm not saying build a link farm, but I'm just saying you have to have people who are invested in your success and you're invested in their success. And the other sort of related truism is, you know, your income tends to be the average of the five closest friends that you have. And, and that sounds ridiculous, but it has been proven to be true. And, and I can certainly tell you anecdotally that it tends to yeah. You know, this is the type of stuff you get from Jay, which is why I'm going to tell you right now, you need to go to the bearfacts.com and bear is spelled B-A-E-R and sign up for his newsletter, which is free. All he needs is your email address and you're going to get from Jay a brand new email newsletter every couple of weeks, two times a month. And it, it's full of fun little tidbits, a little bit of where he's been, what he's doing. And also a lot of what I think you might want to know about. So I think there's tremendous value in there. Thank so I'm, I'm really happy to let people know about that. Yeah, I should have changed my last name. That would have been easier. Yeah, well, no, see, but <laughs> that's, kind of, the, kind of that's hard the to thing. Spell. I should have spelled that, should have changed that. As much as I hate having to spell my name, my last name every single day of my life, the value to that is obvious every time I go to Google and type in my name just to see how, how I rank on my own name. And yeah. when my first page is nothing but me, I'm thinking that's pretty yeah, good. That's right. That's right. People always ask me how to pronounce my name. And I say, just like the animal, but spelled wrong. Yeah. So that, that again, I'm just going to point it out. His name is Jay Bear, J-A-Y-B-A-E-R. And obviously you've heard him over the last couple of episodes. What a great guy. 
He's got a podcast that you definitely should listen to as well. And what is the name of that podcast, Jay? Social Pros. Social Pros. All right. So look up Social Pros wherever you get your fine podcasts for free. And also, again, his great book, Talk Triggers, is out there. Pick it up on Amazon or at your brick and mortar local bookstore. It's full of great, what I love to call case stories, not case studies. I love that. I've never heard that before, or at least I'd forgotten it, the case stories. I, I really like that concept and very intentional when I write books to do it that way. And, and the reason that's true is that I don't write a book unless I've already written the speech. Yeah. So, so I write a speech and then do the speech 50 times and then write a book. And so it's always a stage story well before it's on, on written down. And that's why my stories sound like that. But the downside of that DP is that my books almost never get recommended in business school because it is too much of a story, right? They want the dry, like case study format that they yep. use that are basically, you know, Harvard business school case study format. And in fact, one of my best friends is a, is the head of the marketing department here at Indiana University in Bloomington, where I live. And I'm like, dude, you know, like we're buddies. Like my books are good. He's like, yeah, but it's too, it's too much of a story, right? And I'm like, oh, yeah, yes, that's right. Let's intentionally bore all the students. Okay, good, good plan. Well, and I would like to just ask everyone in the listening audience to ask themselves, which do you prefer, stories or studying? <laughs> I know the <laughs> way the I name. learn is stories. So anyway, what a great time again with Jay Bear, who's now, I'm going to call it Jay 2.0. He's, he's, uh, are you in your Yoda years where people got to go to Dagobah to, to hang out with the Jedi master? Is that kind of what you're doing? I mean, probably, uh, I can't quite, you know, I, I, I'm still very active with our clients at Convince Convert and our team. And, and I have a lot of responsibilities and a lot of relationships there that matter greatly to to me. So we're not quite at the mountaintop phase just yet, but someday. Yeah. Well, anyway, I totally get it because if you ask me, I'm a little green guy in a little hut on Dagobah and you can come by anytime you want <laughs> to listen want, to the yeah. nonfiction brand podcast. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Thank you so much, Jay Bear, for being a guest. Again, check him out at thebearfacts.com to get his email newsletter, which is free. And also find out how you can pick up uh, your own J coin, his cryptocurrency. That's right. Oh, man, I'm still trying to wrap my head around that. But anyway, that's it for this week on the Nonfiction Brand Podcast. I'm your host, DP Knuton, and he is Jay Bear. Get yourself some J coin. <laughs> right. I'll be talking at you guys next week. Bye bye. <laughs> <laughs>